Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball. This is Jared Jewett. And this week we're going to talk about why people hate your website. Okay, so that sounds a little rude up front, but you've got to understand why people are not interacting with you online. I know that you always like to candy coat everything and sort of sugarcoat it and make people feel a little less bad, but the truth is that every day for thousands and thousands and thousands of small businesses, people are coming to their website, they're taking one quick look around and going, eh, no, not for me, and they are leaving. And they are leaving because whether you want to hear this or not, they don't like what they find. Yeah, and it's usually a case of you not knowing any better. So hopefully today's conversation uh, will give you a little bit more information on what you can do to fix the problem. Typically, when we work with businesses and we, we look at a lot of websites that have been created, there are a couple of things that you have to keep in mind. Number one is the web changes. All the time. Uh, nonstop. Every second of every day, something new is coming out and someone's trying some new thing in their design or navigation. And when they're not doing it in their design or navigation, Google is rewriting the rule books. And so things that were generally accepted as good a year, two years ago, aren't anymore. Yes, yeah, sometimes even within the span of three months. Absolutely. So there's really kind of four categories where we see a lot of common mistakes. And I want to take a little bit of time to talk about all of them. Um, design, content, conversion, and search. Yeah. So, design. Um, first impressions. You know, if you walk into a business meeting and you've spilled soup on your tie before you walk in the door, people are not going to be impressed. Right. I mean, your homepage is basically your digital networking opportunity. And if you're not looking good, you're not looking ready to do the kind of business you think you're ready to do, people are going to leave. And some of these I see less of. Some of them I still see a lot. There's a lot of what I'm going to call annoying movement. And this was really cool 10 years ago because we could. We could do flash animation. We could do autoplay videos. We could rotate pictures and banners and things are moving and turning. And you know what? It's really annoying. Yeah, people just don't have time for it. They want to see the information they want to get to right up front, click one button and get to it. Anything else that gets in the way isn't worth their time. But I have three things that I want to talk about. Yeah, that's... And everyone says that. We hear that uh, day in and day out. But the truth is that you got to pick one. You've got to know your business well enough to decide what's that one thing. And that's really what you slap people in the face with right when they come to your website. Now, people will scroll down your page and you can present additional information. The more you throw at me, the more rotating banners, the more buttons, the more choice, the less likely I am to do anything. Yeah, and it's not hard to get to. Look at your profit sheets. What's what's pushing the bottom line? That's what needs to be right up front at the top of your homepage. That or what's the question that everybody asks when they walk in the door? What is it if I come to your website? What do I have to know about you? Don't bury that under 12 million different things. Make it really clear. You came to know about um, chocolate-covered widgets. Click here. Right. One big flashy button. That's it. That's all it takes. 
So the other things that I think really create bad first impressions, this is going to sound really harsh, people, outdated design. Oh, absolutely. Um, and as, as the internet continues to evolve, kind of the, the, the lifetime of your design grows shorter and shorter and shorter. And that's just the way the web is, and you have to be ready to adapt. And, you know, people are like, well, you know, people don't really go to my website. Yeah, they do. In, even in B2B transactions, we're seeing a really high percentage of executives saying that at some point in their purchase process, they went to your website. And a note, make sure that it's mobile responsive because those CEOs, those executives, they don't have time to sit on their computer and check it out, but they've definitely got time on a flight to check it out on their iPad. And if they can't access all their information from their iPad about you, uh, you're doing a disservice. Yeah, I walk through airports all the time, every executive, and this is executives and business travelers and sales professionals and school teachers and moms. Whoever your customers are, look around. They are sitting in coffee shops and diners and airport waiting rooms, and they have a device in their hand. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way people are searching the web now. So, we've got that down. You're going to have simple, clean information. You want to make sure that people do not get lost. You've got to keep your navigation simple, smart, straightforward. Yeah, minimalism is in. Uh, it's just like we talked about before. If you want to ra raise the rate of conversion on your website, if you want to get people to engage with you, give them one option. This is where that one option becomes a little challenging. Some people react to pictures and some people react to text. So you want to, even though it looks like there's only one or two options, you've got to give people multiple paths. Some people are going to use that menu bar at the top of the page. Some people are going to be drawn to a picture in your sidebar. If it's really important, you've got to give people multiple ways to find the information. You've got to make it easy for them to find their way back. Yeah, absolutely. Don't assume that everyone thinks the same way. Um, so it's okay to have those multiple options as long as they're minimalistic and they're easy and they are uh, intuitive. Yes. And if you want to know how your website works. If you want to know if your design is user-friendly, you can hire a very expensive professional UX company, or you can simply get a couple of people to sit in front of your website. They can't be people that know your business. So your husband, your wife, your friend, put them in front of your website and simply say to them over their shoulder, can you find this form? Can you find our contact info? Can you find our video? Whatever it is you want people to find. And then watch that person navigate your website. If they get frustrated, if they're looking over their shoulder, if you have the urge to grab the mouse out of their hands, you better work on your navigation. And ask for their feedback. Write it down, implement it, and have another round. See if it worked. And, you know, don't take it personal. Um... Except that sometimes you maybe got too too close to your business that you didn't realize you were confusing people. Yeah, and it happens all the time. Uh, true confession. When I started Round Peg, I thought it was really cute. I had all these words that rhymed. Um, our services page looked like this. We uh, generated, we educated, we created. Nobody knew that we were doing brainstorm sessions, training classes, and graphic design. Right. Because it was so cute and it was so clever and it was so 
non-intuitive. Yeah, and sometimes it is hard to step back and take the fishbowl view, uh, but you've got to do it. You've got to train yourself to do it and accept uh, that you got to make some changes. And as you're doing this in your design, your contact information, make sure it's complete, make sure it's easy for people to find out how to get to you when they're ready. All right, so we've kind of, I think, beat a dead horse on design, and I think we can switch to the next part of what people do that turn prospects off, and that is they fail to pay attention to the content. Right. So you can have the best design in the world, but all that does is get people uh, to the meat of what's actually inside your website, and it's that content that will cause those people to you know, engage with your websites and engage in behaviors you want them to. So the first mistake, and we see this all the time, there's too many you-centered resources. And, and companies do this on websites. They do it in their brochures. They think, well, this is my website. It's about me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a chest-thumping contest for, for a, a lot of businesses. And they, they think they need to talk that way uh, to be competitive. Well, and to impress visitors with how smart they are and how much they know and how many awards. And you know what? Nobody really cares. Right. All the user wants to know is what you can do for them and how you can solve their problems. So as you're thinking about your website, think about that the first door that customers or prospective customers need to go through is a door that tells them they are in the right place. Are you looking for pretty pink widgets? You've come to the right place. Do you hate the way blue widgets smell? Not a problem. We can fix that. Once you reassure someone that you understand their problem, now you've earned the right to talk about you. Right, and it's all about building that trust up front, and it ties back into what we were saying. And now, if you build that and you have a clear call to action, now they're into your site and they have more to read and research. The other thing is that as people are wandering around your website, just as the design can't be too old, Neither can the content. If I read your website and I have this sensation that I have to blow the dust off it, that you haven't bothered to update any of it since 2009, guess what? I'm not all that impressed with your ability to stay on the cutting edge of your industry. Yeah, that's bad news. And audiences can see right through it in a heartbeat. Um, and we'll get into search later, but it's, it's very important that you continue to refresh your content. The other thing you want to do is you want to try to avoid showing off. And this goes back to the point that you made about that whole chest-thumping thing. Um, stay away from the technical jargon. Yes, you may have a Ph.D. in electrome electromechanical engineering, but don't write that way. And even if you think that you are writing for an intellectual and a well-educated audience, dial it down. You can still have those resources if you work in a very, very highly technical industry, but keep them separate from those, those, sort of, those first touch points where people first interact with you and, and let people explore and get to those places on their own by using a very comfortable language. Well, I, you know, and I'm going to tell you that even, um, even someone who can read at a higher level is going to digest information faster and it is going to be much easier for them to share your information with other decision makers in their organization. 
Um, you know, you might have a senior engineer who totally gets what you're saying, but he passes your website over to a CEO who's like, what the hell? And suddenly you've lost a sale. Yeah, so if you haven't taken into account uh, that you need to make your content accessible, uh, exactly, you're missing out on, on the people who really make the decisions. You know, uh, again, people feel like, well, I have to tell them everything. No, you don't. Your website is not the end of the sales process. It is one step along the way. What you want to do is give people enough information that they are now ready to pick up the telephone, download a form, watch a video, take that next step. But if you tell me everything up front, I got no reason to go to the next step. Right. Be comfortable, be trustworthy, uh, and the authority will come. One last thing on content is um, media. Images, video, uh, podcasts like this. There's, there used to be this design element where people thought they had to have a picture on every page of their website. Yeah, and you just simply don't need that anymore. In fact, it makes designs nowadays look extremely cluttered and is, is pretty bad for the user experience. Now, if the image is important, if it is a picture of your product, if it's the meet the team page and it's pictures of your employees, cool. But don't put stock photography of people having a handshake or signing a form and go, oh, okay, we got a picture. And yeah, just skip it. If, it's a, if you have on your website a picture of a physician that is not a physician at the place where you work, I don't care about it. That is, that is not you giving me an insight into your business. That's fake. And that woman who works in, in one million call centers all across the world, I know she doesn't work for you. And I wonder a little bit, what are you hiding that you won't put a photograph of the person who really answers your phone? Yeah, you'll lose all sorts of credibility. So if the image is irrelevant, give it up. Now, if you've got real pictures of real people and real products, use those judiciously. Size them correctly, tag them correctly. That's cool stuff. But don't waste my time with images that don't really tell me anything about your organization. Now, search. Yeah, I love search. And no matter what you think, it does matter to your website. We've had a number of shows that have focused on search in great detail. And I would really encourage you to scan through the library at more than a few words for shows on local search and Penguin and Panda. But just the key words here, or the, the, the key ideas here, two things. Too many keywords stuffed in one page is bad. And not putting enough attention to page titles and telling Google, hey, that's what this page is about, is equally bad. Right. Uh, companies run into this problem all the time where they think, okay, we're about things X, Y, and Z. And then maybe we have all these other peripheral uh, all these other peripheral topics that we're good at, right? So we'll slam them all into about three pages. And it's okay to take the time to break your content into focused multiple other pages off maybe a main product page and keep each one of those pages focused on a specific keyword. You're, you going, to, you're going to do better by your audience. Absolutely. And you will, 90% of your audience is not going to care that you make blue widgets with little pink feathers. 
but the four people that want blue widgets with little pink feathers are going to be incredibly grateful that they can search Google and find that page. Exactly. And those are the people you want to convert. Those are the people you want as customers. As you're looking at your website, don't be afraid of having multiple pages. Don't be afraid of creating unique landing pages and that are kind of buried in the site and only available through search. But title the pages correctly and focus on a few key words. Right. Do your due diligence and Google will reward you. And finally, conversion. The whole reason that you bring someone to your website is so that they will put their hand up and say, Hey, I want to know more. Right. It's about knowing the different audiences and the different customers you want to work with and designing the website experience uh, to meet their needs. So the big mistakes, people get to your website and there's nothing for them to do. There are no clear calls to action. There's no way that they can share or get a response from you. And there's no acknowledgement in your design that different people are going to visit the website and want different things. If you'll notice as we're talking, all of these things really tie in together. And I think the in step really is conversion. Um, so again, if you, if you have different elements in your design to address the different ways that people interact uh, with digital media, you're more likely to convert more of the people that land on your page. And you need to have landing pages. You need to have offers of white papers and downloads and videos that people can only get access to if they give you their email address. Yep, and so if you've gone through, through all these steps, you've designed a great website, you've made it searchable, and now you've given them these ways to convert, uh, now you're on the right path to follow up with them and turn them into sales. And so, if you would like to learn more and see a little bit of how conversion works, check out our landing page. It'll be include, there'll be a link included in today's podcast program on More Than A Few Words where you can download a white paper with more information on just this topic. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.